Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good summer Thursday football morning. Appreciate you streaming in bright and early with the boys of Birds 365. That would be Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. Got a good one planned for you today. Two good guests, one local Philly guy, one very well-respected national NFL writer. Uh, stay right where you're at for the next couple hours. We'll fill in a whole bunch of blanks for you. Johnny Mac, where we're starting today is where I should have started yesterday, and you had to go, hey, Jody, how about we get – uh, sorry about that. Meant to bring that up at the top of the show. We got no. off on a tangent. Not going to let that happen today. The McMullen Kratz Top 25 for the best football players on the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody's got their list, and everybody's list is slightly different depending on how you define it prior to starting it. You are into your top three, J Mac. Uh, you have the top three yet to reveal. And if you've been following along on either Sports Illustrated or with us here on Birds 365, I'm guessing you can guess at who the top three are. But of the three very good Philadelphia Eagles remaining yet to be named, John McMullen, who's number three out of the top three? Um, A.J. Brown, which you kind of guessed, uh, would be number three overall. 
And yeah, I mean, when the Eagles acquired him, I, I always say, I knew he was good. You and I talked about it. I had him t- right on the cusp of being top 10. Yep. I knew he was good in Tennessee. I didn't know how good when he showed up here. Um, and he took it to a different level uh, in more of a explosive offense, let's be honest. So, um, And he was, you know, I say it all the time. He was the final piece of the puzzle on that out where everything kind of fit into place. I, I always go back to the one season where people forget the name Jordy Nelson, but he was an all pro receiver. A lot of that had to do with Aaron Rodgers, uh, but he was, he had a two, three year span before he tore his ACL where he was really, really good. And when he did get hurt, all of a sudden everything trickled down from there. Randall Cobb at the time was a great number, uh, a great slot receiver, great number two receiver, had to move up to being number one, wasn't the same. Um, There's always that domino effect. And he was the domino where everything kind of fell into place on that offensive side of the ball, which ultimately ended up with nine of the 11 starters getting some kind of postseason accolade. And, oh, by the way, that didn't didn't include Dallas Goddard. So really 10 of 11 because he would have if he didn't get hurt. Um, Just an amazingly talented group. But of that group, uh, especially with the skill position players, he's the best player. He's the best player. Um, And, you know, he can do it in so many different ways. Because typically when you have a guy as big as him, you think, oh, well, he's going to be a contested catch guy and he's going to dominate people physically. And he does. And he does all that. But he's, if he's not the best deep ball guy, he's probably, you know, in the top two or three. Obviously, you got to go Tyreek Hill, number one, when it comes to the deep ball. But he, he, was, he was the best go-route receiver in the NFL last season. Um, and to have that, dichotomy with somebody of that size it's very very rare you think about calvin johnson you think about dk metcalf same same kind of version but he's probably a little bit i'm not going to go calvin johnson i'm going to put him aside but i will go dk he's a better route runner than dk so um just a great great player and a great and and the thing about it is jody Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good because they were trying to get Calvin Ridley. They were trying to get Christian Kirk. They were trying to get Robert Woods. They were trying to get Allen Robinson. If they got any of those players, they wouldn't have looked at A.J. Brown. That's exactly right. Sometimes better to be lucky than good. You know, he's the guy I would comp him to. And again, a former player, much like Calvin Johnson, who you threw out there. Uh, but a guy I see as a closer uh, comparison, Michael Irvin. Because Irvin had that combination, contested ball, two guys go up for it. Guess who's coming down with it? Michael Irvin. But then if you think it's going to be a contested ball and he just goes on you, guess what? He's getting behind you. And A.J. Brown is that same type of player. You look at him and you think he's one thing, and he is, but he's also got another very important facet to his game that he can just flat out beat you if he needs to beat you. So, uh, And Michael Irvin was that type of player. He didn't put up the same numbers A.J. did for a very simple reason. 
the Cowboys had Emmett Smith, and they were more dedicated to running the football. That was a different era where you could do that, and, and in fact, it was preferable to do that. Still, in that era, especially when you had somebody like Emmett Smith. But right. I like the comp. I mean, great player, great receiver. Um, you know, Eagles fans don't like him for obvious reasons, but uh, tremendous, tremendous player. I, I would say athletically, DJ, uh, AJ, DJ, AJ's a little bit faster. Um, but if you're being comp to Michael Irvin, that's not a bad thing. No, that's, and, that's a very good thing. And Michael could run. He, they just didn't ask him to get behind the defense altogether that often. But when they needed to, he made a lot of defensive backs look bad. So you've got your boy AJ Brown at number three. I had him at five. You and I have the exact same top five as far as individuals go, in a different order. I had AJ five. I had uh, Hassan Reddick at four. You had Reddick at five. five. So uh, we both, and I uh, have uh, today, my number three guy is Jason Kelsey. Um, we kind of discussed this yesterday. John had John and Ed had Jalen Hurts at number four. Uh, other outlets are going to have Jalen Hurts as number one because they do it more in the realistic uh, nature of the National Football League, which is quarterbacks are just more important. If you call it the most important Eagles, then yes, the quarterback is going to be number one. When your quarterback's as good as uh, Jalen Hurts is coming off the season Jalen Hurts had, yeah, he's going to be number one. I tried to balance it. John and Ed's list was – we're looking at them within their position, where they rank. Uh, every position is created equal. And that's uh, an absolutely acceptable and a fine way to do it. I didn't want to go as heavy-handed as, well, the quarterback's got to be number one, and then you figure out everybody thereafter. So I put weight on quarterback because it is quarterback, but not just uh, the quarterback has to be number one because it's number one. So my order is going to be a little different than John. I, I didn't do it as cut and dry as those guys did. If And we'll find out who John's top two, John and Ed's top two are tomorrow. Uh, we probably figure it out. The, the order might be interesting of the two between uh, my guy at number three, Jason Kelsey, and I've got two left to go, uh, one of which, of course, is the quarterback. But we'll do that over the next couple of days. All right, John, I want to have some fun with before we punch up our first guest, uh, Scott Grayson from Fox 29 and uh, the host of Prop, Props and Locks on uh, Fox 29 when he's not doing his regular sports anchoring gig. Uh, was looking at this today, the odds for the upcoming season. You know, last year I made two very specific wagers for the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Miami Dolphins in the Super Bowl and the Miami Dolphins to beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the Super Bowl. And they were both long shots coming into the season, but I thought they both had a legit chance, and I got very inflated odds because of it. I think to start the year, the Eagles were 22-1 to to win it all, and the Dolphins were 35-1, to somewhere thereabouts. So I got 450-1 to for both matchups. It was the same exact thing. Eagles beat the Dolphins, Dolphins beat the Eagles. That was the same payoff, 450 to 1. So I checked it out again this year. And yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm betting on an all green Super Bowl. Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Jets. Oh, a Jody Mack Super Bowl. A Jody Mack Super Bowl. And I'll give you what the odds are going to pay on that. 
Um, but they they put out the odds for the Eagles to win the Super Bowl against most of the NFC teams, AFC teams, excuse me, not all of the AFC teams. They disparage some AFC teams. They don't even offer a wager of the Philadelphia Eagles, who, of course, are the favorites in the NFC, against four of the 16 AFC teams. At least this wagering outlet I looked at didn't even bother to put out a number. They think so little of the chances of these four AFC teams to make the Super Bowl, they didn't even put odds against them for the the compete with the Philadelphia Eagles and lose the Super Bowl to the Eagles. I have the odds for the Eagles against all the AFC teams. First of all, who do you think are the four teams that they didn't even bother putting odds against? Uh, Houston Texans. That would be one. Very good, J-Mac. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee Titans. That would also be one, and that one kind of surprised me. I don't love Tennessee coming into the season either, but they've been a, a playoff team, a competitive team for the last couple of years. If there's one on this list that I think is at least quasi-disrespectful, Tennessee is it. You got two more. Um, the Indianapolis Colts and our old buddy Shane Steichen. Sorry to say, say <laughs> easy for me to say, Sorry to say, Shane Steichen, you are one of the four teams that doesn't merit being listed against the Eagles as a possible Super Bowl opponent. Boy, then I'm I'm struggling with the last one. I'm I'm gonna go Denver Broncos. The Broncos, they put a number out there for them. Yeah, yes. I guess because of Peyton and Russell Wilson, that was a bad choice. Um, so they're a little bit overinflated, but I, I don't think they're a very good team. I'm I'm trying to – Las Vegas, I guess? That would be the fourth and final one, uh, the Josh McDaniels led. So you got Shane Steichen and Josh McDaniels, yeah. one guy who was a coach of the Eagles, one who was almost the coach of the Eagles. Raiders don't even merit a, a number for a potential Super Bowl loss to the Eagles. All right, then give me the AFC in order. The favorite for the Eagles to be facing off against the Super Bowl, and I'll give you what the payoff would be if you uh, had those two teams and the Eagles came away victorious. Well, I would think Kansas City is number one. Eagles, uh, Chiefs, correct, number one, 35 to one. If the Eagles and the Chiefs match up again and the Birds win, you get 35 to one. Um. I would think Buffalo would still default to be number two at this point. Bengals would be third. Eagles beat the Bills. No, I said me. Buffalo. You Buffalo. said Buffalo. Buffalo is third. Eagles Cincinnati's beat the good. Bills 50 yeah. to one. Eagles, Bengals second, correct. Yeah. 45 to one. We have a tie for fourth. Same exact odds either way. See if you can get the two fourth place squads. I'm going to go uh, – I'm trying to look at the team. I'm going to go Jets and who Ravens. The Jets are one of the two at 80 to 1. Fourth is 80 to 1. Eagles beat the Jets. That's what I'm in on. And the other one is not the Ravens. They would be sixth. You've got two teams that uh, tied for fourth, Jets and someone else, not the Ravens. Uh, Dolphins? Not the Dolphins. The Ooh. Dolphins are about 
tied for seventh. Maybe they think more of the Chargers because of Herberts. Chargers, Chargers are tied with the Dolphins for seventh. Boy, they think more of the AFC North than I do then. Um, could it be Pittsburgh? It could not be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh oh. is down the list at about eighth. What am I missing? Who am I missing? Cleveland? Can't be the Patriots. Can't be the Patriots. Can't be Cleveland. Um, I'm trying to think of... Oh, Jacksonville. The Jacksonville oh, Jaguars. Yeah. That's a bad job I made with the Doug. The Eagles against Dougie P. In I, the I Super tend Bowl. to try to forget about the AFC South, but that's the yeah, only one. They are the team to beat in the AFC yeah. South. So I'll give you the, the, the entire AFC rundown. Eagles beat the Chiefs 35 to 1. Eagles beat the Bengals 45 to 1. Eagles beat the Bills 50 to 1. Eagles beat the Jets 80 to 1. That's my money on it. Eagles beat the Jaguars. Has a little bit of my money on it. I played that as well, just because I think it'd be a great story. Uh, Eagles beat the Ravens 90 to 1. Tied at 100 to 1 are the Dolphins and the Chargers. 125 to 1 is the Browns. Now, see, that one I don't get. Uh, Did they think the quarterback is just going to revert to Sean Watson's going to go back to the best of his uh, Texans years? They're giving the Browns a little bit of love that I don't quite get. 125 to 1. Steelers, 150 to 1. Broncos, 175 to 1. And the last one ranked, at least they got ranked, the Titans, the Texans, the Raiders, and the Colts didn't get ranked. Uh, Bill Belichick's Patriots, 225 to 1, if you believe it. A rematch of a Super Bowl that's already happened twice. It would be the tiebreaker because the Patriots beat the Eagles and then the Eagles beat the Patriots. Could it happen a third time? If it does and the Eagles win, you get 225 to 1 on your money. I, I, th- I saw that this morning. I thought that was fun. I figured we have a little fun with that. Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, here with you on Birds 365. As I mentioned at the top, two good guests. First up is Scott Grayson, uh, sports anchor from Fox 29 and host of their Props and Lock show. A little bit later, Clark Judge of Talk of Fame is going to come on. Uh, I always think of Clark as a 49er guy. He hasn't been for years. He's been just a national writer, but he used to be on the 49er beat. And we got a little beef with the 49ers during this offseason. Love to get Clark's still quasi-tied to, but now fairly removed point of view on the 49ers versus the Eagles this year. Will happen in season, and then it could very well happen again in the uh, playoffs, maybe even a championship game rematch. So we got a good one planned for you here on Birds 365. Let's uh, get it rocking and rolling. Uh, we'll talk to Scott Grayson of Fox 29 next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. 
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Is what we talk about here on Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald, joined by our pal Scott Grayson from Fox 29, who, much like the Prince of Darkness yesterday, Bob Groach, doing the mobile drop-in with us. <laughs> Where are you off to, Grayson? You know, just working the dad job today. Got to drop my daughter off at Girl Scout camp, and then uh, I get the joy of going home and working on the old to-do list. Uh, just like quarterback, Net, Netflix's quarterback, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of being a dad and that. Uh, yeah, people forget people have dual roles. Scott Grayson, <laughs> not just in front of the camera all the time. You got to do the heavy lift and help out on the home front. Um, what have you checked out any of Netflix's quarterback just yet? Just dropped yesterday. Yeah, I've only seen a couple of clips from it. I have not yet seen a show, but. Uh... You know, I think it's great all the stuff they're doing to get you guys behind the scenes more and more. It seems like that's where sports media is going these days, right? Get you behind the scenes of of things uh, that we don't normally get to see or what the relationships are like. I loved in the All-Star game, for example, in baseball, they had so many guys mic'd up during the game, right? It's an exhibition. Let's have fun with it. I thought that really made it more enjoyable. So the quarterbacks thing for sure I'm definitely going to check out because I think it is great to kind of see these guys off the field, away from – from the uh, the intensity that you get there and, and see them in their lives a little more. Now, I was both happy and disappointed yesterday when John McMullen texted me and saw the tweet that said the New York Jets are going to be the team on hard knocks this year. I'm still a Jet fan from my New York days, so I'm very much interested to see if 
the very happy Aaron Rodgers, who seems to be living the New York life, continues to when the HBO cameras are in his face. Should be interesting. But I was kind of hoping it was the Eagles because I thought it would be a good thing. They've got a lot of colorful personalities on the team. They're coming off a Super Bowl appearance. I thought they could boost their brand. And McMullen kept telling me, you got no shot, Jody. Yeah, just stop, Jody. There's no way Nick Sirianni is letting those cameras into the locker room, Jody. It ain't happening, Jody. They protect their information like it's state secrets, Jody. Are they right right to do that? I don't think they're right to do that because I think it really needs to spread around to every team. However, um, you got to look at the weight of the owners uh, and what, I mean, I I think more than Nick Sirianni, it's probably Jeffrey Lurie that's uh, wanting to protect all the state secrets and uh, all that stuff. And Johnny Mac would disagree with you. Jay Mac, tell him who's the reason why the Eagles aren't on hard not. Well, I, you know, like I, as I explained to Jody, if you if you give it to the marketing people like Don Smolensky, they'd be all for it. They'd be, yeah, let's increase our vision. Uh, and you know, but Nick doesn't want those cameras around. And, I'm and sure. Jeffrey Jeffrey's more of, uh, you know, he's a good owner. He's going to defer to his coach uh, for the most part. And maybe at some point the Eagles are forced onto it, like the Jets. But it's it's notable that the Jets, it was forced on the Jets because nobody wants a volunteer. Nobody wants to do it. It's not just the Eagles. Um, yeah. I do think it's comical that they act like nobody else knows what they're doing. Um, everybody gets the film. Everybody sees it. It's not a secret, but for whatever reason – especially with younger coaches. Uh, we had Bob Angelo on, who, who worked at NFL Films, was on the ground floor of Hard Knocks, Scott. And he said Brian Billick was the first, Baltimore was the first Hard Knocks. Brian Billick was the head coach. He embraced it. He embraced it back then, trying to get the Ravens, who were a very good team at the time, um, more on the national radar, was very comfortable with himself. I don't know. Maybe it's because of social media. Maybe coaches get a lot of criticism. And as you can imagine, everything is parsed. Everything is second guessed. They don't want that. I don't blame them. But I think a lot of young coaches are like that. I agree with you um, uh, because I think we all have stories from from, uh, earlier days in our careers where coaches and and I you know I, for me it was like Joe Paterno when I was covering Penn State you know on the road they'd have the media up and and there was a whole thing anything he talked about in there was off the record but it was all the media interacting with him and it was all a way to bridge that gap between coach and media right so yeah. you had that little respect that sort of brewed you don't get that anymore because because as you pointed out John everybody is so afraid of the social media implications and once it's out there it, it can't be taken back yeah yeah is uh, kind of a balancing act, and I just happen to be a fan of the show. Maybe that's why I'm uh, overly invested in, in hard knocks, even to a day like today. All right, so uh, no hard knocks for the Eagles, but they will report in under two weeks now, Scott Grayson, and you, like John McMullen, with your camera, will get about uh, 47 seconds to be able to videotape, whatever. Um, what do you think this camp is going to be like? Nick Sirianni's third, some pretty good roster turnover. Uh, year one to year two, made the playoffs, got beat badly out. 
this year all the way to the Super Bowl, tied with 10 seconds to go. What do you think the feel is when they let you guys into camp for the first time with this group going forward with 2023? Well, I think every time you take the field, you want to try to build on the year before. But the only way to build on last year is to actually come home with the Lombardi. So, uh, But that being said, I really think that with the veteran leadership in this group, you look at, at – I mean, Jason Kelsey came back because he wants to win one more time, and he feels this team can do it. So what does that say? That says the leadership from the top down in terms of players uh, is going to set the tone early, i got to believe, with some of these younger guys that came in via the draft and new free agents that came in a little bit here. That, that look, there's there's unfinished business we've got to take care of, and that's going to be, I think, the the tone with which training camp will, you know, go. I don't think the coaches are, you know, really going to have to do a whole lot of, of, of motivating here, but you've got, you know, new coordinators. And, and to me, I think there's a little bit of learning that needs to take place in terms of what they're trying to install, how they're going to be a little different from what was here. But uh, to me, you know, I, my thing is, is Jody, I, I really want to see these young players – I want to see, you know, Nolan Smith. I want to see how much he was really crunching that playbook in the off in the offseason. I want to see DeAndre Carter. Is he really here to work? I mean, he's looked good so far. It seems like everything with 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 the little bit we've seen is that he is here to actually show um, everybody passed on him for the wrong reasons, and they're going to re, you know pay the price for that. Um, I want to see Nicobe Dean. I want to see him really take that step forward to really assert himself at that linebacker position and. Uh, you know, and I want to see the competition at running back. I mean, to me, those three guys, Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny, and DeAndre Swift, um, I got to believe that's going to be a fun competition to watch a little bit for who's going to get the carries uh, or the bulk of them. I mean, they're all going to get their turn. Uh, but how's that going to play out? And then you throw in Boston Scott as well. I, I think there's a lot of things in this camp that are going to be a little bit of fun to watch, but I expect the tone to be unfinished business. Let's go get what we left uh, in Arizona last year. Uh, Scott, history is not kind to Super Bowl losers the next season. I think, what's the number, Jody? Eight have made it back. Three have won Only the three Bowl. have won. And that's a pretty big sample size after 57 Super Bowls. Um, however, the closer I get to training camp, I think it's going to be more difficult for the Eagles because of the turnover, the five defensive starters, the losing the coordinators. I think there's going to be hiccups. But, boy, the NFC side of the docket stinks on paper, Scott. In other words, I think they're going to have growing pains, but ultimately they're going to get better and better, even though it's on paper it's it looks easier early and you have that sort of murderer's row on the schedule uh, later in the season. Then you kind of finish up again with with some easy games on paper. But I think the Eagles are going to be better late than early as they sort of iron things out. And I think the fact that the rest of the NFC is so bad on paper is going to give them an opportunity to iron things out. Whereas if they were on the AFC side, I tell you today, there's no way they're making it back to the Super Bowl. Um, thoughts on that? I I think, John, you and I are, are living in kind of the same mindset. Uh, you know, everything I like about the Eagles, and then you say history says this, right? Obviously, as you guys pointed out. Now, there's there's reasons why. I mean, it's you've got an extra playoff spot now. It's easier, you could argue, to get back. Um uh, you know, now than it used to be. Uh, the the training camp, the off season, isn't the the three a days? They're not there. The two a days, they're not there. 
Um, you know, they keep players healthier uh, and ready to go earlier in the season. But I'm with you, John. I, I think the AFC is a bloodbath. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch because it doesn't affect this team uh, in terms of conference <laughs> playoffs uh, much. But, you know, you look at the NFC and you go, who's going to challenge this team? Don't give me the 49ers. There's, there's, I mean, you have to give them the 49ers, but they're still living in the past. I mean, we keep hearing that every week. It's when are they going to get over what happened last year? And um, you look at the Cowboys, right? Well, the Cowboys, you know, my feel, we talk about it all the time. I'm going to get it in here again. I just, I, Mike McCarthy's a buffoon. And as long as he's coaching <laughs> that team, I, I just don't see them getting over the hump. Now, will it be a good, uh, maybe potentially a fun, race for the division title yeah, it could be uh, but I think ultimately this Eagles team and what I like with how he's done is not only does he have talent but he has talent and depth uh in most positions it's not a perfect thing and it's hard to have anything yeah. perfect in this league yeah. with the salary cap but there's a lot to like with this roster and it makes you say you know and there's a lot of, of veterans with that mentality I talked about unfinished business and you got a young guy at quarterback who feels that way is never satisfied it trickles down and i all those reasons make me say maybe this team will be one of those that bucks that trend and gets back there and potentially wins it scott it is almost amazing john and i notice every once in a while how little we talk about jalen hurts this year last Mm -hmm. year it was the only thing we talked about Oh, they didn't get Russell Wilson. They tried to get Deshaun Watson. Is Jalen Hurts going to be able to improve? And he had one of the largest jumps ever in ranking at his position in one year, as I've ever seen in the National Football League. So now he's become like this given. Got the big contract. All is well. We got our guy. So we don't even look at Jalen Hurts. And for the most part, I agree with it because he had the year that he did, and he is the young man that he is. Here's my only concern. And it's probably a bit of a stretch or a reach. Tell me that I'm over, uh, I'm reading too much into it. Is Jalen Hurts going to put his work in? Of course he is. Is Jalen Hurts going to get himself trouble being out and uh, having too much fun or doing something that gets him in? No, I'd have no fear of that whatsoever. But because he was so good and because he had that meteoric rise, Everybody, and when I say everybody, I'm not just talking football fans. I'm talking Madison Avenue and media outlets. and Everybody wants a piece of Jalen Hurts. Why? Because he's one of the best guys to talk about in the National Football League with the year he had and the personality that he has. Between endorsements and media obligations and uh, dinners and accolades and charities and the like, is there a chance that Jalen Hurts gets spread a little too thin this year? You know, I, I think it's a, a legit question to ask, right? But I think this is the kind of guy who isn't worried about another million dollars for that endorsement or another million dollars for that endorsement. When it comes time in the season, I think he is going to say, no, I need to protect my time. I need to protect my time to be ready for what's coming. Um you know, I, I didn't anticipate that angle of that question, but I like it, Jody. It's a good it's a good thought, right, because this guy's a leader. And I and in coming on here, I was thinking, we're going to talk about Jalen Hurts at some point, I'm sure. Um, but this guy's built different, man. He's just he's just built different. And you see it every time. Uh, but, man, isn't it, it – it is funny, the snapshot from one year ago to now yeah. that you pointed oh, out. Yeah. 
Uh, it's amazing. I mean, Dallas Goddard the other day said, said that uh, Jalen Hurts is one of the top two quarterbacks in the league, and he's not number two. He's not two, yeah. Yeah, and so you, you look at the respect this guy got in one full year, and I just don't see this guy letting anything get in the way uh, of success on the field. So if he thinks he can go do something, and maybe he'll I'll just load up his bye week and do a lot of that stuff, uh, I, I don't I don't think he'll let that stuff be a distraction. I really don't because, you know, and I'll give you this. Everybody wanted to see, well, how will he handle the Super Bowl distractions? I, I thought he handled it glowingly. Uh, and, and he came out and had a, a great game. I mean, he would have been MVP if the Eagles won the game, no mm-hmm. doubt. Um, so, no, I, I think I like the question. I like the angle. I think it's a, a, an interesting thought. I don't think he'll have any trouble at all managing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you there, Scott, because, you know, the one thing, we never questioned Jalen Hurts when it came to the intangibles. In fact, I often thought it was kind of weird because that's what you're usually worried about with, with top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL. You're like, well, I know he's got the talent, um, but does he have the other stuff? Does he have the intangibles? With Jalen, it was, all right, you know he has the intangibles, Jeffrey Laurie, the most mature 24-year-old we've ever met, um, which I've said that, I think, before Jeffrey said it. Um, He's more mature than me at my age, never mind when I was 24. Uh, He's incredibly mature. um, But did he have the NFL sort of skill set to be a top-tier quarterback? And he's proven that in spades as well. it's really an amazing story from where he's gone. And people like to blame the media. They like to blame me, Jody, Scott Grayson. We're haters, blah, blah, blah. We didn't tell the Eagles to call, you know, Deshaun Watson's agent or Russell Wilson's agent. They weren't convinced either last offseason. And now they're handing out $255 million, and they're not even concerned about it. They're like, typically, doesn't matter who you are. When you sign these big deals, you start going, oh, you know, is is so-and-so going to change at all? You don't even worry about that with Jalen Hurts. It's really kind of amazing that he's become this given, and we're like, all right, we got this to worry about, this to worry about, this to worry about, this to worry about. No worries at all at the quarterback. It's kind of amazing. It really is. And with the contract, I mean, my first thought as it started coming up was, I mean, it really wasn't that long ago. You just gave out a lot of money to a guy who uh, has since been traded multiple times. And as last I checked, isn't even on a roster right now uh, in Carson Wentz. So uh, but they didn't hesitate uh, to get this deal done because of the kind of character he is, the role model he is, um, the leader that he is, all the things you want in a starting franchise quarterback. He has it. Um, but now he's got to back it up this year. And, and, and so, okay, how does he do that? Well, I want to see how they kind of manage him a little bit more. What, what kind of things and discussions did they have in the offseason when they were watching film and they saw, uh, you know, his runs, his decision-making on when he pulls it down? I've always liked his ability at this point to not be afraid to throw it away rather than tuck it and run for one yard and take a hit um, most of the time. But he's got to get a little better at the – you're too valuable now, uh, right? Like, I want to see a little more selective in terms of the runs, but that's such a big part of his game. How do you hamper that? But there's like a fine line to walk there. 
Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Nick tries to, to manage that with him. Um, and you've got these running backs back there now. You've got a, a, you've got a stable of running backs that are, when healthy, um, you know, one of the probably best groups of running backs in the league. And uh, I'm curious to see how this offense unfolds. you got one football that you got to feed a lot of guys who want it. Uh, and he's got to manage those personalities as well as the leader of that offense. So I think there's challenges for him this year, um, including what Jody mentioned off the field. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing how the team and he navigate that. And I think they got the right guy for the job. And the other thing the Eagles and Jalen have going for him is they got the deal done coming yeah. into this off season. There were a bunch of quarterbacks. We knew contracts needed to be extended or agreed to and the like. Two of them got done. Jalen first, which helped set the market for Lamar Jackson. And oh, by the way, Joe Burrow and Herbert have not signed yet. We thought they would fall in order, but it hasn't happened just yet. So those teams have to deal with that stuff during the uh, preseason. The Eagles do not because uh, Jalen should be a happy young man with the kind of contract that he signed. Uh, you referenced the backs and the stable of backs that they now have. Everybody's guessing and projecting and predicting what's going to happen with the Eagles running back this year. I think we're all of the same mindset. No one guy is going to come in here and just – take over the way that Miles Sanders had to carry the ball as much or more than Miles Sanders did. So it's going to be by committee. How do you think the committee shapes up? Yeah, like I said earlier, I'm excited to watch that part of training camp in the first couple of games to see. Um, you know, I don't think people – everybody kind of puts Kenny Gainwell behind Swift and Penny – but the Eagles started giving Gainwell towards the end of the season more and more of a workload. I think partly because they, they they knew they were going to be moving on from Miles Sanders most likely, and they wanted to see if he, what he could do, if he could handle it. And I thought Gainwell did pretty well. So where will he fall in those three? I don't necessarily know Gainwell finishes third in that mix. Um, I think I'm most – if I had to rank them right now in my mind, I, I would probably go Swift one, Penny two, Gainwell three, but – I think Gainwell has is right there. Here's the thing, and it's the big qualifier, is you got to stay healthy. And I think what Howie did was bought insurance with all those guys so that when one goes down, right, you blow one tire on the car, you, you, you're fine as long as you have a spare. You, you don't want to lose two or three of those guys because the car won't move anymore at that point. But I think they're good, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that, that competition shakes out. Uh, and they all have a little bit of a different skill set, but – Behind that offensive line, I don't think it matters who actually is carrying the ball. They should be able to move the chains pretty well um, as long as that line stays healthy. To me, that's a bigger key than the backs uh, is if the line stays healthy, those guys will produce. doesn't matter which one gets the ball. And I think for Nick, it's going to be more of a, a massaging that to keep that room happy, right? One week, it's probably going to be one guy more than another. Maybe the next week, it's another guy over over that one guy. And uh, but in my mind, I'm probably most excited to see DeAndre Swift behind this line. Uh, but I think Rashad Penny could be primed for a big year if if he able is if he's able to be healthy and and you know really produce the way I think he can. I'm more concerned about the running back position than most. Um, mm. For whatever reason, I think you know people didn't give Miles Sanders his flowers here last season. Twelve hundred sixty nine yards career year you mentioned the end of the season 
That didn't have to do with Kenny. Miles was playing through an injury, which I think people don't realize. He's playing with a knee brace. He was fighting through it, so they tried to manage him a little bit. And then he had the first play in the Super Bowl, which was a bad play, and he hurt himself. And I think because of that, we talk about the defense, number two overall, but they didn't play well in the Super Bowl. Everything gets blown up because it's the Super Bowl. He had a great season is what I'm trying to say, Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. And the assumption that, oh, they're going to replace that. I I think, boy, I don't know. I think people are going too quickly to that end game. DeAndre Swift, tremendous talent. Never had more than, I think, 617 yards rushing in this league. Three years now. Uh, Rashad Penny, as you mentioned, tremendous talent. Always hurt. I mean, that's the issue there. I don't know. I think, and maybe the Eagles deserve the benefit of the doubts, but I think people are dismissing what Miles Sanders brought to this team last season, acknowledging the offensive line is the best in football. The quarterback helps the running back. He was still darn good, Miles Sanders, last year. I, I agree with you. He was good. Um, but I think you get a little bit of the chicken and the egg argument, and you kind of referenced it at the end there, John, right? Was Miles a product of the line? Was he a product of the run threat in the RPO that Jalen brought? <clears throat> and how much of it was Miles? And I think we're going to find a little bit of that out as we go through this season because if the production's very similar here, then this becomes starts to become a bit of a – a plug and play over the next couple of years in the sense that you put anybody with, you know, any kind of talent back there, they're going to put up 1200 yards rushing. It's going to be less as long as these guys stay healthy, because they're just going to share the workload a little bit more. But that position as a whole, I think is probably going to put up about those numbers. And I think a lot of Miles's success was due to, I think it was the threat that Jalen provided and the RPO behind the talent of the offensive line and not to take away from what miles had but what i'm hoping that uh that you get from from these backs is the ability to break the big one miles sometimes struggled when he got free to get the 70 yard touchdown right uh i'm looking forward to seeing if these guys have the ability to hit the home run then when it's there um and and finish the drive either way no no disrespect to Miles Sanders because I did like what he brought here. I love the draft pick. I thought he was a great pick uh, at the time, and he came here. This team's just not going to pay running backs that kind of money, um, and, and and that's pretty much what happened. But I am looking forward, John, to seeing if we can figure out how much of it was Miles and how much of it was the other two aspects of that equation. All right. I uh, need a crystal ball prediction for you. Week one, Eagles at the Patriots. If you got a ticket to the game, you paid through the nose because it's Tom Brady, uh, <laughs> yeah. Hosanna Day up there in Boston. So they're very expensive. If Eagle fans want to go up there and see it, uh, you'll probably be back in studio hosting the Fox pregame stuff. So kickoff goes into the end zone. Patriots get the ball first. They come out first and 10 on the 25. What two linebackers are on the field for the Eagles? First and 10, first play of the season. Well, I mean, you got to – Kobe Dean has to be one of them. Uh, but outside of that, that to me is is one – I feel like that position is unresolved at this point. Howie – whether we want to call this Howie 2.0, 3.0, whatever it is, I think he's got a winning formula right now. He's learned enough to 
he, he can massage the the salary cap. He can keep these guys happy by restructuring contracts in a way to help get more money, get the team better. And one other thing I think he does well is he just kind of leaves a little bit hanging there. So as you start seeing, like he's like a hawk circling in the sky. And as a team cuts a guy, he'll dive down and grab him up, right? I think linebacker is one of those spots where – I don't know that the second starter is necessarily here yet. I, I'm sure for week one he probably is, but uh, I don't know who that is. I think that's going to be a fun competition to watch uh, as well. And I'm, I'm going to be watching how as the cuts are starting to be made and you start to see things happen. Uh, don't also, you know, yeah, I, I think that's kind of where that's going to go. I just don't know that 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 other starter throughout the rest of the season is necessarily here yet because I think right. how is kind of reserved a little bit to, to address that as needed when other teams have to cut some guys. Um, at S Grayson, Fox 29, make sure you follow Scott on Twitter. Last one before you get back to dad duty, uh, <laughs> Scott. Uh, host of Props and Locks, by the way, uh, on Fox 29. Um, you mentioned linebacker. You know, the Eagles, we went through the salary cap uh, earlier this week. And what was it, Jody? Linebackers were 31 of 32. Right. Only safeties safeties were less. They were less. Safety 32 of 32 as far as spending under the cap in the NFL. Um, Howie's two-time executive of the year has built perhaps the best roster in football. This is the way he does it. And he says – we just talked about it on the offensive side. It's running backs on the defensive side. It's linebacker. It's safety. Um, is he going too far? Should we be concerned about this? Because safety, we just talked, it's Nicholas Morrow safety. It's Terrell Edmonds where he got it. The Walmart clearance aisle or Amazon <laughs> prime day and Reed Blankenship, or you're hoping Sidney Brown, who's a third round pick. You know, I don't know. I see people in the comments shitting on Miles Sanders. I'm allowed to say shitting. They loved him last year. So they'll turn on you quickly. Now Sidney Brown's an eagle. He's a third-round pick. You can't expect him to step in week one and be Ronnie Lott, can you? You know, it's funny. It's like they take linebacker. It looks like, right, the appearance. They take linebacker and safety this year, and they say, well, we've got a great off a defensive line. Like, you know, like I've often referred to it like uh, in hockey, they can rotate line changes at this point uh, with, with their defensive line that we just need guys who can kind of come up and, and maybe make a tackle. The defensive line will, will be, will, will do the work and they'll just come up and, and finish the play at safety. It's like, well, look at the corners we have. Uh, these guys just, you know, they just need to kind of babysit the background out there and, and maybe make a play here and there. You could argue Reed Blankenship did pretty well at that last year when he had the opportunity. And, you know, but it seems like that's almost the attitude to take. Safety is the other spot that I think, you know, how he's circling around up in the sky waiting for guys to to drop or potentially um, get, uh, you know, a good deal on someone at some point. Uh, Again, I don't know that the safeties are set that we have right now that the Eagles have to to that the starters are there. Um, for week one, probably, but overall, maybe they're going to go out there and get somebody else. I don't know. Uh, safety linebacker, I feel like they're treating the same way. It seems like 
you know, like we said, it's it's almost impossible in the salary cap era to build a perfect roster. They've got close to that. Those are the two positions that everybody can look at and say, yeah, that's not a completed position right now. And I think safety, to me, uh, it's an important spot on the field. Uh, I'll be curious to see what route they go and how it shakes out. I think they've got guys they feel can compete to do what they want back there. But uh, I, again, don't think how he's done massaging that roster, including at that position. All right, Scotty, last thing. And I'm going to do a little math there and some guessing. Uh, if you're bringing your daughter to Girl Scout camp, I'm guessing you were not alive in 1969. Would that be a correct assumption? That is correct. I came along going, about 10 years later. 10 years later. Good. That's what I figured. So despite the fact that you weren't uh, born or alive in 1969, I'm sure you've heard of man landing on the moon. The first time it happened was 1969. It wasn't and real, they, Jody. Wasn't they did real. so without Bluetooth, <laughs> which made Dallas Goddard question this week yeah. as to whether it actually happened or not, or if it was from the Grassy Nola conspiracy theory that uh, has perplexed people. Let's for... give AJ his credit. AJ brought it up first. So <laughs> Dallas was just backing up AJ. Okay. Uh, so which, which do we want to critique more here? AJ Brown or Dallas Goddard for even opening this can of worms? Oh, I, you know, frankly, I think it just shows where these guys are. They are all over the place, but they're mentally, I guess, trying to have some fun with things. And, and I guess that's a good thing. I, I don't know who you want to criticize first because you don't want to criticize either one of them. They're just. Oh, I'm ready to criticize both of them. I don't get a fly in, you know what? <laughs> if you had to be stupid enough to say that in front of a microphone, you open yourself for criticism. Well, you're absolutely right. And that's just, but that goes back to what we talked about, right? The social media. Social media, man. Social it's, media. Anything you say can and will be used against you in yes. the court of public opinion. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you know what I, yeah, I mean, all the things these guys say, I wonder how much of it comes out too, when they're on the field and other teams point it out and say stuff back at them and use it as trash talk. I, yeah. I don't know. It is, it is stupid stuff and it is crazy what they go. Did you with, guys but... see Kadarius Tony this week? He's calling no. up uh giants fans and uh, berating them and calling them <laughs> ugly. And, uh, he claimed he got hacked, but it sounds like Kadarius that, uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, these guys got to get away from social media. They got to oh, get away, true. you know, uh, but well, go, it, going it, on they a grew podcast, up with it. Going on a podcast and not social media. That's well, actual media. Yeah. And if you accept an invite and someone asks you a question, and if you say something dumb enough, uh, yeah, you're going to be called on the carpet. And it's not, it's not the, the, the typewriter muscles that people have on Twitter or whatever. No, no. That's an actual podcast. I would it's argue the they thing. get I would argue they get that disinformation from social media, though, because there's a whole. Oh, that, that's why they're they're saying there was never a landing. On yeah, the there's a whole. They believe of, what Twitter tells them. There's a whole sort of conspiracy theorist echo chamber atmosphere and if you're susceptible to that you can go down some wormholes and stuff seems believable and boom you're off saying dumb stuff on on a live mic it's obvious we live in some very interesting times these days and it scares me as a father 
having these kids growing up in the kind yeah. of place we are in with every where the world is right now. It's it's nuts. Yeah. 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 See, and I so, just thought Kyrie Irving was an actual alien. Yeah. Not from another country, from another planet. So that explained to me <laughs> well, about his theories. I'm still looking to drive off the end of the earth. I'm still yeah, looking for the end. <laughs> but when Dallas Guy and AJ Brown go there, I just have to shake my it's head. Scary. Go, what the yeah, hell? It's what scary. Yeah, it's scary. All right, well, Scott You didn't think you were getting flat earth and uh, no moon landing, did you, Scott? No, so that was not one. in my prep work, John. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. When Dallas Goddard says it, it becomes a uh, topic for birds. It sure does, yeah. Scotty, great stuff. Uh, appreciate it. You know, we're going to have you plenty on uh, during the season, certainly when camp opens up. Uh, we'll try not to hit you on Girl Scout camp days so uh, you can be in front of the computer. But you did a great job for us here today. Thanks for jumping in from the car. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, All right, guys. guys. As always, love it. Thank you. Scott Grayson, Fox 29, here on Birds 365. Yeah, right. we, I didn't know we were going flat earth and uh, moon landing today. I, this morning. I, I, you know I was going to get your opinion, so I figured we had somebody else on the line. We might as well ask them. When I read that stuff, I said, really, Dallas? You're really going to go there? Do you really need yeah. to drag us down I, I to don't use Johnny's? That, that, that kind of stuff I don't even take seriously. I just I just snicker. Here's why I take on. it seriously. Did you did you think he was attempting, and I haven't watched or listened to the podcast. I'm only reading the reports on what he said after the fact. Do you think he was going for a laugh? I didn't listen to it, but I did see some of the clips about him talking about uh, the field in the Super Bowl. And he said, on a on a better field, we win 10 times out of 10. And again, aggregators blow that out of proportion. Then I watched the clip and he said, well, you know, what do you think I'm going to say? It's my team, you know. Uh, and, and he said, but we played on the same field. He said all the right things, but they took out the clip out of context. And it looks like he's complaining about the field. He wasn't complaining about the field at all. So... I didn't see the entire moon landing clip, so I I don't know if he's trying to make a joke or not. But I do know that to me, that to me that's what you got to know. Um, whether he was just playing along, and sometimes on yeah. these relaxed cats, they'll do that. Yeah, Guys, sometimes you're joking around. Yeah. They're joking around. If he's yeah. joking around, I got no problem with it. Yeah, but and he might have been. I have no idea. I have yeah, no nor idea. do I. But if he wasn't, that's scary. To me, if if you really do question whether we did or didn't land on the moon, I have to question your intelligence going forward as a football player, a key football player. Now, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to that's pretty apropos to the conversation we're having. I get here, I guess you're about landing on the moon. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to play in the National Football League, but. I just it 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 throws up a red flag to me anytime anybody goes there. Uh, I I it would throw up a red flag to me only if he was serious about the issue and studied the issue and still believed something like that. You know, there's so many. And by the way, to be fair, I'm not going down the the conspiracy route. Our government lies to us all the time. So, and, and they've been proven and you go through as recently as, as, as COVID-19, you know, there have been people deplatformed for saying things that turned out to be true. 
That's our government. And that's where these kids are growing up. That's where these kids are growing up. So the, the, the extrapolation to them is, well, they're lying about this. They're lying about this. They're lying about that. You know, and it conflates to everything's a lie instead of the rare instances, you know, for whatever reason, political motives, whatever you want to give the reason. Yeah, sometimes we don't get the full truth. Um, that's been, you know, debunked uh, many times. And, uh, you know, if he did the research and still believed it, then I'd have an issue with it. I think it's one of those things, again, where you hear one thing and it's completely one-sided by some wacko conspiracy theorist. And they they frame it in a way that, oh, that seems plausible. That's 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 all I think it is. That's all I think it it was with Kyrie Irving. I don't think they're doing voluminous work on these issues, so I can't take it. I'm not going to worry about you know. Can Kyrie Irving play basketball? I got a bigger issue with Kyrie Irving because he tends to blow up teams with you know some of the things he does in relation to basketball. But he's a hell of a player. I saw him, you know, close out some big stinking games because of his talent. I don't need Dallas Goddard to be an expert on geopolitical affairs. So I don't really care about his political leanings or his conspiracy theorism. Is he one of the best five tight ends in football? Yes. Yeah, see, Is he one I... of the most well-rounded tight ends in football? Yes. I mean, that to Isn't me is all that matters. Landing on the moon, science more than politics? Everything's politics, Jody. Everything. At least in relation to people and the way they think, especially this generation. Everything's politics. You're either right or you're wrong. You're in this echo chamber. You're in that echo chamber. Everything. Everything. Mm-hmm. Is Jalen Hurts not wanting to deal with. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. poison politics as well i don't yeah how, how far, i've how never going to think this that everything is politics i've never heard jalen hurts um talk about politics so i don't know well, you just told me everything is politics so jalen hurts has to be politics All as right. well right no every everything, well, everything is in politics well now you're just getting into the classic johnny mac jody mac uh, uh semantics debate for people that don't give a shit about politics, they don't give a shit about politics. But for people that talk about, you know, activists, for instance, for people, everything is about politics. Everything is about politics, ideology, uh, identity. You know, you you have people that base their whole life on what they're born as. Your uh, your what's your identity? Identity is not an accomplishment. So if you identify as, you know, LBGQT, that's not an accomplishment, but people act like it is. 
if you identify with your race, that's not an accomplishment, but a lot of people think it is. For people like that, everything's about politics. For people that don't care about politics, and to my knowledge, and I don't know if that's true or not, only because I've never heard Jalen talk about anything in that realm, he doesn't seem like a very political person. I could be wrong, but for people that don't care about politics, they don't care about politics. For people that do, everything's about politics. Right. There's a percentage of the people in the country. You're right. Everything to them is, I, I'm just, I, I don't think it's as big a percentage as you do. And I'm hoping that's the case with Dallas Goddard, that he was just yucking it up, that this wasn't a political stance of his that, are uh, everything's a lie that comes out of the go, including 1969, which uh, shoot Scott Grayson wasn't born in 1969. I was. Uh, we know Dallas Goddard wasn't, but he's gonna draw a conclusion that it was uh, uh, somehow a hoax on the American people. If you're gonna say something, I hope that Dallas is bright enough to understand when you say something like that, people gonna question it after the fact. Uh, that's my take on Dallas Goddard. I think he's a bright young man, and I hope that's the case. And he was just having some fun yesterday because what he said I thought was pretty foolish. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. We are Mac and Mac coming back. Uh, we've got Clark Judge joining us coming up in about 15 minutes. So you want to stick around for that. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. 
Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Magamac guys here on Bird Street 65. We appreciate Scott Grayson who joined us uh, last hour. Clark Judge from Talk of Fame is going to join us coming up in a little over uh, 10 minutes from now. Um, Johnny Mac, I did want to ask you a question about What's happening at the NovaCare complex today? This is almost going to sound like a joke, but it's not. If Nolan Smith, Jalen Hurts, DeAndre Swift, Jordan Davis, Quez Watkins, Reed Blankenship all walked into the NovaCare complex, not a bar, into the NovaCare complex, <laughs> different guys, different positions, different places in their career. And the like, but they all showed up today and wanted to get into the Novacare complex. Who would be there? Who would let them in? Who would give them a, an assistant helping hand? There are collective bargaining agreement rules here about what can and can't be done. Do the Eagles have the Novacare complex open for them for workout purposes 365 days a year? Are there do they get text messages that say, yeah, you can't show up today. Uh, doors are locked. H- how do the players who are in town either live here or are already back because we're only 10 days away from camp opening up? How do they go about using or not using the facilities on a day like today? Uh, basically, uh, you know, while they have a security the group uh, at the gate you you can't get in um obviously employees have sort of a key card whatever um and they have security at the gate so that part's easy and and as far as you know basically it's like a gym you know you can go in to to work out you know if you're going to planet fitness or whatever that's it you can't have access to the coaches you, unless you're injured. There's some rehabilitation things you can do uh, with trainers and, and team employees and that stuff. Uh, but anybody at the NovaCare complex before reporting day is basically just working out. So just like going to LA fitness or your local gym and uh, they're getting work in that way. They can't, have access to the coaches certainly uh there's no on-field work there's no meetings there's no nothing of that nature um just you know hey you want to lift right but if if they want to do it as a group like they can talk to each other and say listen i'm going into the cup i'm going to do some lifting they can do that uh as long as it's not a non-player team employee who's in there working out with yeah, them. I mean, guys are friends. They get together on their own anywhere. 
um, yeah, if they want to hang out and go together and work out together, talk football, they can do whatever they want. Um, just can't be any. Uh, and remember, there are cameras all over NFL facilities. So that's how some of these teams get caught when they're doing OTAs. And, um, you know, they have been NFL PA uh, uh, people on the ground at times watching the activities and all of a sudden they say, Hey, you're, you're not doing this. You're, now, this now is... I'm, I'm going to open up a can of worms here. How does an NFL PA employee get into the lockdown Eagles facilities to be able to report or videotape whether an Eagle player happens? No, I, I was talking about, I said OTAs. You see some oh, of these, there's a lot, okay. there's a lot of, um, there's, there's usually um, and somebody watching, uh, an NFLPA rep watching what teams do during organized activities. And then uh, if they say, for instance, what was the team that got caught scheduling issues? I think it was the Patriots. Um, and they said, you know, hey, what's this? Can't do this. And, and they kept doing it. Was it the Patriots? Yeah, I, I think it was a battle check, sure. Um, yeah, and they, they even gave them a warning. They said, hey, you can't do this, and they kept doing it, and all of a sudden they get uh, they get hit. Um, but no, not not at this time of year. No, they can't get in. There's no NFLPA people. Uh, but there's cameras. There's still cameras all over the facility. So, All right, um, I'm going down the – I'm following your lead here that everything's politically motivated. How does the NFL get access to those cameras? Are you obligated to turn over 24-hour-a-day video within your facilities? For no, it would have to be a whistleblower, and then they'd reporting? say, hey, you know, it's the same thing. If we want to go politics, if a whistleblower says, you know, somebody gets pissed off and says, hey, what the fuck? Don't bother me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out, and the Eagles are trying to get insert name to do something and he's like leave me alone and he gets po'd and says hey you know tells the players association what the hell are they doing and then they say hey july 13th um this happened and and the nfl depending so it, on it, it would have to be an Eagle player reporting. On well, the it could be anybody it could be an Eagle employee. You fire somebody, they're upset, you know, whistleblowers, same thing. If you want to look at it from a, who, who are whistleblowers in, in the political world, they tend to be people that are upset about something. They get upset and then they give the goods. But believe me, there are teams that do things that they're not supposed to do every day in this league. Most of it you'll never hear about. I'll never hear about. Nobody will ever hear about. But if you have a whistleblower who's PO'd about something and they say, this team's doing that. Look at what happened to John Gruden. ESPN just came out. Seth Wickersham just came out with a huge piece, which makes everybody look bad. Not hard to make Daniel Snyder look bad. Makes the NFL look bad. Uh, makes Snyder look bad, makes uh, uh, Rock Nation look bad, makes everybody look bad because they were doing some shady stuff. And all of a sudden there's leakers. Who leaked this? Who leaked the Gruden emails? 
everybody had opportunity. Everybody had a reason to do it. Um, it's an interesting story. People should go read it at, at ESPN. Seth is, you know, probably the top investigative reporter in sports. Um, it is ugly. And I mean ugly. And the vast majority of stuff you would have never heard about unless somebody leaked it. Which is a sense, in sense, a, a whistleblower. Not public, but they're saying, hey, for whatever reason, maybe it's as simple as I don't like John Gruden. Yeah. Um, he wrote a bunch of uh, uh, untoward emails. And remember, these things get released out of context. He claims it's, you know, people. And, and by the way, Seth points out there were 600, I think, 50,000 emails that Beth Wilkinson got her hands on. There are a lot of bad emails in there that go far further than John Gruden that nobody has heard about to this point, and they probably never will unless somebody else has a reason to leak a potentially damaging email. Quick question for you. Um, and I hadn't even thought about this until, and I saw the headline. I haven't read the article yet about more of the Gruden email leaks. Is he persona non grata in the National Football League right now? Who, Gruden? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the whole, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, he's been labeled a uh, uh, racist and nobody's hiring him. Um, homophobic. Um, yeah. He's, you know, I'm surprised he got a consultancy job. He's kind of consulting with the Saints, or at least not officially, but helping out Derek Carr at least a little bit. We saw him doing workouts with certain players. But, yeah, that's what it was about. He's very upset. Um, and he didn't have a great relationship with Roger Goodell for years. It goes into all this. Um, he believes Roger Goodell um, threw him under the bus. He believes the league um, leaked the emails. Um, the league says it was Daniel Snyder. Daniel Snyder denies it. It's ugly. Um, but yeah, he's not. He's he's not getting the job anytime soon. Do you think he'll ever do broadcast work again? Because they're partners. All these broadcast outlets are partners with the National Football League. And yeah, I, I mean, they've got a, a burr in their saddle about John Gruden. Would you even want to go there? I, not right now. I mean, I guess you never say never, um, but not right now. Um, he's toxic, huh? Yeah, he's 59 years old. I was just looking up. I, I guess he's young enough. I mean, time tends to heal, maybe not all wounds. Gruden's but, 59, huh? Yeah. He looks younger than that, doesn't he? He always yeah. looked younger than he actually was. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but right now, not going to happen. I mean, you know, I, I there's a famous quote of it, you know, either die a hero or live long enough to become a villain. Uh, you know, um, and the way culture is today, I mean... The only thing America likes more than a comeback story is tearing people down. <laughs> I mean, if you're around long enough, you're going to get torn down. 
Um, and, and it happened to John Gruden. Um, and it would take years. And by that point, I don't know if he'd be relevant. I don't know. You know, they probably want a younger person being uh, in the booth. So I doubt it. I was surprised when Amazon uh, got their uh, clause into a weekly game uh, that he wasn't potentially considered for their broadcast group. did surprise me a little bit, but uh, if you're telling me there's more information that comes out that's going to make Putin look even worse, then, yeah, I guess I get the toxic aspect of John Gruden doing anything around the National Football League. But if he's consulting for the Saints, who knows what uh, his – job title is and uh, what he's being asked to do. Right, maybe that's something we'll bring up with our next guest. Always love talking football with him whenever he jumps aboard with us. Uh, all-time NFL great writer and now host and writer for Talk of Fame. Our buddy Clark Judge joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh.
Eagles. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald, here with you on Birds 365. We're lucky enough to get one of the best writers in the nation covering the National Football League, one of the Hall of Fame selectors doing it these days for Talk of Fame, both writing and uh, uh, broadcasting his uh, podcast, Eye to Eye podcast, one of the best football podcasts out there as well, Mr. Clark Judge. Clark, how's your summer going? Uh, Hot, Jody, hot. (laughs) A little hot today. I would agree with you on that one. It's actually been not that bad up until the last couple of days, at least here on the East Coast. I want to see if you align with me on this. The one... Must see regular season game in the National Football League this year. The one above all others you would put on the top of the pile, regular season game. What do you got circled on your calendar? Well, here in New England, we've got the New England Patriots welcoming Tom Brady back. That would be yeah. the, the biggest game. That's going to be a big deal up here. But, yeah, um, I think you're probably looking at the Eagles and the 49ers. I mean, that's that's certainly a game that – is a must-see game. Um, I looked at the, the, the NFC, and, it, you know, right now you look at it and go, it's, it's a two-team race, right? I mean, that's the way it seems. Um, who else yeah. is going to emerge? And and I don't know about San Francisco uh, just because of the quarterback situation. It's a team I covered for a long time, but when I covered them, they had Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So um, they don't right now. Um, they've got injured quarterbacks, and they've got Sam Darnold. So I don't know what the situation is there in Philadelphia. It's got to look pretty good from where you're uh, sitting right now, but – um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I haven't looked in, in depth, but I, I know right here people are really excited about Tom Brady coming back to uh, Foxborough. Yeah, Clark, you mentioned, uh, you know, things look good for the Eagles. Typically, super things do not look good for That's Super right. Bowl losers. Uh, right. Eight times, I think, they've made it back three of one at uh, large sample size at this point with 57 of them. So history is not kind to that. But as you mentioned – I think the Eagles are in a unique spot because of the NFC, at least on paper. They're going to have some hiccups. They're going to have some of those human nature, you know, oh, we got to start at the bottom. Woe was me. You have the normal turnover. You lose both coordinators. But, man, they're going to have an opportunity to get over all these hiccups because who else is going to take it? If it's not the 49ers, and we don't know if Brock Purdy is going to be healthy, um, we don't know what they think of Trey Lance. Sam Darnold could be the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan, we were just talking about John Gruden a little bit. I'll get to that with you. But Kyle kind of reminds me in John, uh, 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 of John in this respect. He falls in love with quarterbacks, and then he falls out of love really quickly. So I think the landscape of the NFC – it's the Eagles and everybody else. Whereas the yeah. AFC is a murderer's row. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, John. The AFC is completely wide open. I mean, people would say the Chiefs. Sure, the Chiefs and a cast of thousands, but there's some good teams there. Cincinnati's one of them. Buffalo. What the, what are the Jets going to do? Um, there, there are a lot of teams um, that that could compete for that uh, top spot. But in the NFC, you're right. It's Philadelphia and, and everyone else um, with San Francisco right there. Because of what you mentioned at the outset, which is history, that's why I bet against them. I, I'm a big believer in history. I was a history major. It certainly wasn't NFL <laughs> history. It was American history with an emphasis on the Civil War. But um, when I look at the history of Super Bowl losers, it's bad. It's littered with 
uh, a lot of detritus, to be honest with you, and teams that can't get back, except for one, and it was New England, you know, and, and I'm talking about in a, in a um, uh, the last 20 years. Yeah. They had Tom Brady. I mean, they had Tom Brady, so they did things that nobody else does. You know, the home teams for the host cities don't have Super Bowl teams, right? Well, the New Tampa Bay did because they had Tom Brady. Um, teams don't repeat. Well, yeah, the the, Bra- the Patriots six they had Tom Brady, and and losing teams don't come back. Well, yeah, they did because they have Tom Brady. There's there's a, a central factor there that other teams don't have. That's why I'd say you know at at this juncture I tend to bet against them. Now, if you ask me who's going to beat them, I, I don't know. I mean, is it San Francisco? I don't know what their quarterback situation is going to look like. Trey Lance. I mean, they they gave a lot away for him, but as you said, and you're absolutely right about Kyle Shanahan, falls in love with him, falls out of love with him. I know last year with what they saw, um, they weren't overly impressed. I remember Joe Montana saying he's not ready. Um, he had, it, obviously, a significant injury. It cost him the rest of the season. But even going into the season, Montana said he's not ready. This is his third year. You better be ready. But how are you going to replace a guy who actually, if he qualified, led the NFL in pass rate? Didn't lose a regular season game. Um, he, he was Brock Purdy was a great story last year. I think it's interesting with Philadelphia because you, you lost your leading tackler. You lost your leading interceptor. Um, you lost Javon Hargrave to San Francisco. You know, um, now I realize Jalen Carter comes in. He could be a great player. I he know. Could be. He's so gifted. Yeah. Um, so um, I give Howie Roseman a lot of credit and that organization a lot of credit for uh, jumping at him there. But who knows what we're going to get. And honestly, so at this juncture, yeah, I'd say Philadelphia um, with San Francisco right behind them. And then uh, looking way, way past in the rearview mirror, there's the, everyone else. Yeah, I just got a text from my buddy Brock Purdy says, yeah, tell Clark Judge, not a Hall of Fame quarterback yet. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's got years to either make it or not, uh, unlike Steve Young and Joe Montana who are already in. Um since you're, as you mentioned, you've referenced him a couple times, New England guy these days. This fascinates me. A little uh, hypothetical for you, crystal ball stuff. If the New England Patriots this year go eight and nine in what you can argue top to bottom is the toughest division in all of football, there's no real bad team in that division. And the Patriots are below 500 out of the playoffs again. Robert Kraft has been on record that the bar is the bar and it's been set here forever. And we uh, assume we're staying at the bar. Would he ever actually fire Bill Belichick? I, I think it's possible. I, I think it's possible, Jody. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think it's possible. There seems to be some friction there. I think there always was friction. Um, but when you're winning, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. With Brady's not there. Now we're seeing that they're not quite as successful, not going to playoffs. Um, they sort of are an ordinary team. They seem that way. They've mm-hmm. got an extraordinary head coach. But Brady masked so many holes that were created by draft failures, honestly. And with Brady gone, those holes were exposed. And now um, you're wondering about the quarterback. I mean, can Mac Jones take them to the next level? I, I don't know that. I mean, it's his third year. They do have a new offensive coordinator. That's good. But the offense coordinators they had last year were chosen by the head coach, you know, so that's on Bill Belichick. And as I said, because of the alleged uh, friction, and I think it's more than alleged uh, between the head coach and, and owner, I think he, he may say at some point, enough's enough. I've seen what we've got here. We need to move forward. And I don't see us moving forward. I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Um, you mentioned oh, Tom. John, if you don't uh, mind, uh, let me yeah. can I add just one quick uh, follow up? Yeah. 
Yep. If that happens, will yeah, Belichick coach again? Yeah, I will think he, he would. Go somewhere else. Yeah, no, I think he would. He certainly would have a lot of offers. Um, I think he would. Um, okay. Do you think listen, he wants to break the record? Do you think I do? That's what I was. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, I think yeah. that's foremost. Not foremost is my winning's foremost in his mind, right? Yeah. He yeah. wouldn't be part of this conversation if we asked that question. He'd move on to the next question. But yeah, I think he wants to be the top dog. Has Tom Brady skewed our expectations of quarterbacks? Because I got to tell you, Clark, and this show just came out yesterday on Netflix. Quarterback Peyton Manning doing mm-hmm. it. Um, I lost thirty minutes of my life to listen to a podcast about the Eagles and 49ers yesterday. All they talked about was the quarterbacks. All they talked about was the quarterbacks. Now, all default, it's clearly the most important position, not only in the sport, probably in all of sports. But there have been teams that have won in other ways. It's right. more difficult. I always explain it. Having a great quarterback increases your margin of error dramatically. But you can win in other ways, and 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 teams prove that, and they've proven it in history. And you have a, as you mentioned, a, a not only in football history but in American history, you have a keen knowledge. Do do you think Tom Brady has skewed it for everybody else? And to a certain degree, Patrick Mahomes is doing a good job. It's very early, and maybe he does it as well. I got people saying, "Oh, he's like." Peyton Manning, when talking about Aaron Rodgers, these are some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and that's not good enough because they don't have enough Super Bowl rings because of Tom Brady. Has he skewed yeah. things? Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, yes, but he's um, he's the outlier. So uh, you can't measure people against Brady. He's the outlier. I'd say the NFL has skewed things. It's never been easier, and this is going to come out the wrong way, but it's it's the truth. It's never been easier to play quarterback than it is today. Run a film. Well, you guys have seen it, but you have to run a film of, of the NFL 20, 30, 40 years ago. They're taking their heads off. Yeah. Receivers aren't going across the middle. You know, George yeah. Atkinson's there. Jack Tatum's there. They're taking their heads off. Um, it, it's a very different league today. You pitch a ball two feet in front of you, and it's a completed pass. It was a vertical passing game at one point. Uh, it's a horizontal passing game now. So completion percentages are up or passer ratings are up. Uh, quarterbacks are protected. You breathe on them, you get a penalty. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's never been easier. It is the most important position. These guys are studying a lot more. They're smarter. Um, they, they figured out things. But um, I, I, I always go back to talk about skewing things. I, I go way back, guys, and that go, I go back to Otto Graham. Played 10 years. Went to 10 championship games. You're talking about skewing things? <laughs> he, won, he won seven of them. He won yeah. seven of them. And we have people today who wouldn't include him in their top 10 quarterbacks of all time. He, he did Tom Brady. I mean, yeah, he, he some, won some of those at the All-American Football Conference, but he never didn't go to a conference, uh, to a, a championship, a, a NFL or AFC championship game. And he won seven of them. So um, Brady is the outlier, as Otto Graham was. But, yeah, there are a raft of really good quarterbacks today. But as I said, um, I, I think they're more talented than ever. But it's also n- never really been easier to play that position because of the rules that are designed to favor the passing game. Clark, let me ask you another rules question. Um, and I know it's minimal and people probably will think, Jody, you got better questions to ask. But I was always a fan of the kicking game. Yeah. And I like kickoff returns, and they can be the most exciting play of the game. 
talk about continuing to change the game. You don't even have to be in the end zone now to make a fair catch call. No, that's right. You make a fair catch call at the three-yard line and get it out there to 25. The NFL has done everything that it can to basically eliminate kickoff returns from the National Football League, and we all theorize it's because it's to protect the players. It's the play that you can mostly get injured on and suffer a concussion on. Is this better football? Is uh, it, I think you have to make the argument it's safer football, but are they actually making it that much safer to justify the loss of the exciting place? Well, I think that you have to ask them. They say yes. Um, I, I think it is you it safer. Yeah. Is it is it, it is it yeah is it better? I'd say no. I mean, uh, I've been to college games where that's the case. And it's dull. You just okay. You know, it's okay. Okay, why are we kicking off? They are going to, in my mind, they're going to legislate it out. I think they're just going to go eventually to getting rid of the kickoff altogether. And that's too bad. And maybe they do that with pump returns too. They're exciting plays. But I would say, if the NFL is actually serious about making the game safer, why are we playing Thursday night games and having seventeen game seasons? Yeah. That yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. So they talk of both sides out of their mouth. I mean, um, they want to make it safer, and yet they want to play two games within five days of each other. It makes no sense to me. You guys talk to players all the time. Talk about how they feel on Mondays after a game. I mean, that's a train wreck that you've gone through, and you do it yeah. 17 times, and they're talking about they want an 18-game season. Is that in the oh, interest yeah. of player safety? No. No. Thursday night games? No, it's not. So um, – yeah, it's not better football. Is it safer? I think it probably is. But you really want to make it safer? Let's attack those others before, first. Yeah. Well, there's tremendous, as you know, hypocrisy with the league when it comes to Oh, sure. It's all about money, John. And it's all about I, money, yeah. you know? I would go one farther, Clark. When they talk about safety, they're only talking about concussions. They're only talking about head injuries. Yeah. They don't care right. about ACLs. They don't care about right. uh, blown-out knees and things of that nature. They care about uh, uh, long-term uh, head trauma because of pending and fu future litigation. It's Correct. always about it's always about the money. So the hypocrisy is great on so many different levels. I've argued and I've had this discussion with Herb Mushnick, who's done a lot of work and doesn't like football. But I I respect for Herb in this aspect. You know. If you want to make football safe, stop playing football. I'll have that discussion. It is a violent, violent sport. Everybody who plays it knows it. But here's the hurdle I can't get over. I don't have the answer. Maybe you have a better answer. 25-year-old men think differently than 55-year-old men. And you, you think you're bulletproof at 25, especially when you're a high-level NFL athlete. And... 55-year-olds think differently. And yeah. then it comes into the equation of, man, I went through all this. I'm in this kind of pain. I'm in that kind of pain. I don't know how you fix that problem, Clark. You, you don't. You don't. <laughs> you, you don't. You, you don't. And, and the problem here, John, is that you've got, by nature, as you mentioned, a violent game. So you're trying to eliminate what makes it attractive. It's the violence that makes it attractive. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, people love seeing that thing. So you're trying to mitigate the violence from a violent game. Well, you really can't do that. So they're trying to sort of let's do it a little bit here, let's do it a little bit here. You're absolutely right about CT because to me, if you care that much about injuries, why didn't we have a 
respectable playing field at the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, and, and so uh, I know that's a whole different discussion in Philadelphia, but my goodness, <laughs> I looked at that and went, there, there's several instances, and, and there was a game, I'm going to say two or three years ago, in um, uh, what used to be Giant Stadium, in MetLife Stadium, the 49ers played. And there were injuries galore, and there were, there were knee injuries, ankle injuries, and the 49ers said, this feels awful. And they were right. Yeah. But no one really cared because it wasn't CTE, it wasn't concussions. Um, the CTE thing is a big deal, and it won't go away. It won't go, and it's not going away. But I will tell you this. You, you can talk about you know, the 55-year-olds thinking differently than 25-year-olds. I was just thinking about San Francisco had a linebacker named Chris Borland, who was a really good player. And oh, he yeah. was a rookie, yeah. really good player. He yeah. quit after one year yeah. because he said, I'm concerned about head injuries. I, I'm concerned. So he left. Yeah. And yeah. more power to him. Uh, I'm going to stay in this whole... Uh, grassy knoll, conspiracy theory, hypocritical stances of the nature of the game question. Saquon Barkley is yeah. threatening to not show up at Giants camp. He's got till, I think it's next Monday, to get a contract done on a uh, an extension multi-year, or he's got to try and play on the franchise tag, which is only $10 million and change. I wish I could make $10 million a year. But, I thought uh, you compared- did. Compared to other backs, we all know uh, what we're talking about here. The NFL is right now getting backs at a discount rate, even on the franchise tag, because it's a percentage of the overall top five backs. And if you're going to pay everybody less, the number just going to continue. It goes up everywhere else. At running back, it's coming backwards. Is there any chance that the union could prove collusion? I never believe in collusion. I always say, yeah, good luck proving that. But there have been settlements, at least, where outlets have uh, come to an agreement and said, yeah, we'll just give you a payoff, uh, rather than actually get into court and have to fight the fight. The running backs have become almost an extinct, certainly a changed value that they used to be. I won't get to extinct, but you get the point I'm trying to make. Is there any chance the next time, and I know the collective bargaining agreement doesn't come up for a while, but um, is this something that can become a big deal in the NFL because NFL running backs right now are being treated like uh, certainly less than what they were previously in the game? Well, the answer to your question is no. And, and, And secondly, I'll repeat what you just said. Good luck proving that. There's no way you can prove that. I mean, listen, you look at, for instance, let's take it down to your listeners, your viewers. Uh, what are they drafting in fantasy football? Drafting quarterbacks, receivers, right? They don't even have an appreciation for running backs. Um, most teams now have running backs by committee. Um, you guys just lost Miles Sanders. I mean, he averaged almost five yards a carry last year. I think he had 11 rushing yeah. touchdowns. Right? talking about Miles. So, the fans have completely forgotten about him. They're completely like, forgotten oh, about him because you get yeah. DeAndre Swift and, and yeah. Rashad Penny. And I, I was in San Diego and Rashad Penny was tearing it up. He's a great running back if he's healthy, but he's never healthy. So, um, But you pick up DeAndre Swift, too. So, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is it's a passing game. We all know that. Now, Going back to our original conversation about the 49ers and the Eagles, the game last year, the, the conference championship game, it was, what, 31-7? to um, the, four, the Eagles scored, what, four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. So there's yeah. always a place for a running back, but it's a running back. You just don't have the Jim Browns or the Walter Payton. I mean, we had Zeke Elliott in Dallas. I thought he was going to be that guy at one point. 
he's out there looking for a team, you know? So, um, Jody, it's just, it's an evolution. Maybe in your mind, it's a de-evolution. I be believe very strongly in having a running game. Um, and I think, you know, the 49ers with McCaffrey, I think that's a great addition for them. But let's be honest, the, the 49ers always thrived with their passing game, too. They've always had good running attacks, but great passing attacks. So I think that's just the NFL that you're looking at. You can't prove that it's collusion simply because it's going on anywhere, everywhere. No one needs to talk about it. No one forced the Cowboys to release or not to re-sign Zeke Elliott. No one forced the Lions to, to get rid of Swift. I mean, it's just, all these things happen. Penny in, in Seattle, so they lose him. They get a, a terrific running back from Michigan State. So um, there are always running backs available in the in the draft that you can use for three or four years and move on to the next guy. And and that's what's going on league-wide. It's not collusion. It's just the way it, it's evolved. All right, Clark, I'm going to another one of your wheelhouses here. The Pro Football Hall of Fame earlier okay. this week uh, announced its list of senior uh, and coach sort of contributor semifinalists yep. for the class of 2024. Uh, Al Wister, for old-time Eagles fans, is is one of the seniors. Um I'm close to Jim Marshall. I need you to get Jim Marshall in for me. Um, putting you on the spot. Who? 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 It's a big list. Uh, Thirty-one seniors, twenty-nine uh, coach contributors. Who stands out to you? Well, I'm on the coach contributor panel, so um, I'll deal with that first. Nice. Um, uh, who stands out there, head and shoulders above everyone else to me, is Buddy Parker. And your listeners probably haven't heard of him. He's a guy I presented last year to the board. Um, former Detroit Lions coach. He took them to three straight NFL championship games in the 1950s. And then 1957, he built the, another championship team, but left just before the season because of a contract. Dispute moved on to Pittsburgh. Team that hadn't won in decades made them uh, a respectable team. But in, in Detroit, Buddy Parker won two NFL championships, took a team to a third one lost, um, and then built the team that won a third NFL championship in 57 with Detroit before leaving for Pittsburgh. So he's Jimmy Johnson, except he's better. He won more <laughs> games. He has a better winning percentage. And after Buddy Parker left, after 1957, you know how many games the Detroit Lions have won in the playoffs? How many playoff games have they won? They've won one, one in 60 years. I mean, come on, one game. Um, so this guy, he, it just, I, don't, I don't understand what's happened, but I do know what's happened. He's been forgotten. And anyone who wants to talk yeah. about him or could talk about him, they're gone. He doesn't have people campaigning for him. He'd be number one. Number two would be Ralph Hay, another guy you probably don't know of, but he's the auto dealer in Canton who brought everyone together to form the um, American Football League, I think it was at that time, became the NFL, basically. You can argue without Ralph Hay, there's no NFL. And somebody said, yeah, well, that's kind of ridiculous because somebody would have done it. I said, I don't know that. What I do know is that Ralph Hay was the guy who did it. He was the guy that brought everyone together. First, they were the Ohio teams. And then he went outside of Ohio and said, we need to bring other teams from other states in here to make it more popular. And he did. And he had the Canton Bulldogs, and they won three straight titles, I think. But he had the Canton Bulldogs. And so what does Ralph Hay get? Nothing. He's still waiting. He really was the, the sort of the founder. And then um, I'd say, you know, probably my third guy would be Clark Shaughnessy. I mean, when I got into the Hall of Fame board like 13 years ago, I went, Clark Shaughnessy's not in? He popularized the T formation. Then we went to Chicago. George Hallis, his defensive formations, set the league on its ear. He's not in. The, the guy who I think 
is going to win this year. That's my guess is going to th- that thinks going to win. It'd be um, Robert Kraft, owner of the, the Patriots. He's been a, a top finisher the last few years. Um, I don't know what the hurry is to get him in. These other guys have waited forever. But if yeah. you look at that list, guys, and I know you and and you're, certainly your listeners, but um, maybe you as well, don't know some of the guys that I would really champion. Uh, Eddie Kodal's one. He was a scout for the Rams. He literally was the father of modern scouting. You look at what he did with the Rams and how he stocked that roster. Astonishing. Um, there, there's, there's so many guys, Art Rooney Jr. He was the guy that drafted the steel curtain, all those guys with steel curtain, basically in the seventies. The, the but I think there's Rooney fatigue and Steeler fatigue on the board. Um, <laughs> and, and then, and then there's George Seifert, who I covered uh, two Super Bowl wins, Tom Coughlin, two Super Bowl wins, um, Mike Shanahan, two Super Bowl wins. I, I think they'll, they'll get some traction too, but I expect just from what I know of the last couple of years, I've been in most, if not all those meetings is that Robert Kraft may be his time. Um, for the seniors, and more to your point here, and this is, sorry, I'm taking so much long, but you mentioned Al no, Wister. Uh, he's, yeah. he's a guy that I've championed. He's a guy that I've been banging the drum for for years, plays nine years, eight all pros, all yeah. decade, two championship teams. Oh, guess what? He was the captain of those championship teams. If he were eligible today as a modern era candidate, he'd be a first ballot choice, first ballot choice. But we've forgotten him. And last year, he didn't even make the semifinal list really? for the seniors. So how is that possible? How is that possible? Yeah, I forgot. You, uh, you know, Bob Brown just recently passed. He was another guy. It took him forever to get in. I, I forget his all-pro. It, it was crazy how many all-pros he had. And it took him. He eventually got in, obviously. Yeah. But yeah at, at, you mentioned there's certain guys Al Wister's one because the Eagles retired his number. I, yep. I forgot he was not in the hall of fame. I thought he was <laughs> yeah. in the hall of fame. He should be in the hall of fame, yeah. but so should Randy Gratishar. Randy Gratishar is not in the hall of fame. He, he, he had over 2000 tackles yeah, and that, like, probably, I, that probably hurts him that number because people yeah. go, Oh, there's no possible way. Well, I mean, we had Joe Collier on our um, podcast. I test for two, just to plug there. I test for two with another Hall of Fame voter. Eric Kaufman, Joe Collier said, listen, I charted those. I know what they were. They're legitimate. This was the greatest player on that defense. That orange crush defense, guys, you would remember. Yeah, that was great. Defense. was a great defense. Louis Wright, Randy Gratishar. They don't have one player in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Randy Gratishar, I think, has been a finalist twice, but he can't get in. How can he not get in? How can he not get in? He was a defensive player of the year. He was, I think, a third in another year. Uh, How is this guy not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, But he's not. I think he's going to make it this year. I think he will make it. I think Kuchenberg, who was, I think, an eight-time finalist, probably he's got a chance. And I think Sterling Sharp, who really was 1A to Jerry Rice's one when he was playing, may have a shot at that third. There are three seniors that are picked and one coach contributor. Those would be the three guys I'd give you because those were the three guys who were uh, top finishers last year. A true NFL historian, Clark Judge. Uh, I want to ask a follow-up on one of the teams that you mentioned. Oh, by the way, your buddy from Detroit's got my vote. If you need to do a sales job, you did a great job with me. But But you're not on the board, Jody. You're not on the board. You got my vote, so keep trying for him. (laughs) But the Lions, you mentioned how much they have or haven't accomplished since. They're getting a lot of buzz this year. 
They should. Last year, they were an underrated team that got that close. And even though they didn't make the playoffs, beating Green Bay when Green Bay had the chance to get in was a pretty big win and a great way to end the season for the Lions. But now I think they're borderline overrated. That that because they came so quick, so fast, going into this year, now people have them as the third best team, fourth best team in the NFC. Overrated, underrated 2023 Detroit Lions. I, I'd say probably overrated at this point, but but I would couch that in that when they won that game last year, it was at Lambeau, remember? That was Lambeau. Yeah. All Green Bay had to do was beat the Lions at Lambeau. You got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's that's a gimme, right? They won that game, and afterwards I said, wasn't the Packers who should have gone to the playoffs? It's the Lions. They were yeah. surging in the second half. And and Dan Campbell's message seemed to have resonated with that team. Goff was a better passer. The team was better. The defense shored up some holes. They just were a better team. So going into this year, I said going into this year, I think they were the team to beat in that division. But then you go, it's the Detroit Lions. And it's kind of like when Cleveland gets all the buzz, you go, it's the Cleveland Browns. They'll find a way to screw it up. And it's the Lions. They'll find a way. And baseball always says the New York Mets. They'll find a way to screw it up. And, and so with Detroit, that's why I say overrated, only because I probably have overrated them. I, I tell you right now, I have them at the top of the, that division. That's what yeah, basically Somebody's got to win that division. They love somebody's got to win. That team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people division. tell you Minnesota, Minnesota. I think they yeah, can beat they, Minnesota. They signaled. Look, they're, they gave up on Dalvin Cook. They gave up on Zadarius Smith. I mean, they're rebooting, it, at least it seems to me. Kirk, you know this, Clark. If you have a lame duck quarterback or a lame duck coach, that typically does not go well. And they did not extend Kirk Cousins. So he's a lame duck. This is it. That's yeah, it. no, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I don't know how far you can go with Kirk Cousins anyway. I think we've had this yeah. conversation before. I mean, he puts up big numbers, he doesn't put up big wins. And I thought that changed several years ago when he beat Breeze down in the Superdome, New Orleans. New Orleans. Then he lost the next weekend and went, oh, geez, more yeah. Kirk Cousins. Same well, can thing. he build on that the next year? And he didn't. Yeah, the numbers are great. But interesting, real quick, we got to go. Matt Stafford, because he won the Super Bowl. No, he all those great years. He all those great years in Detroit, all the numbers. Now he's got the ring. Matt Stafford, he's not getting in. I think he's a better candidate. I'm going to blow your mind here, Clark. You're not talking about Hall of Fame, are you? Are you talking Hall of Fame? Eli Manning's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Matthew Stafford's closer to being a Hall of Famer. Eli Manning. Now you bring up a real sore subject. I don't know that Eli Manning will be in the Hall of Fame, but I agree with you. I hope you. you're right, Clark. Yeah, well, well I agree. Player. Yeah. Well, he 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 lost as many games as he won. Yeah. The only time he led the league was in interceptions. I think. Um, was he an All Pro? He wasn't. If he wasn't the best at his position in any year, why are we putting him in there? And people will tell you, and there are people who will say on that board. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I go, first ballot, why? Because he beat the undefeated New England Patriots. What a signature win. And I would say to them, that was a signature win. He had Hall of Fame moments. He didn't have a Hall of Fame career. And there's a big difference. And, John, that's going to be a pitched battle because there are people who believe the same thing I do, and there are people saying, first ballot, that's going to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough one. Well, I, I wish I could be a fly in the room yeah. on that given. I day. thought I had your vote, Jody. I thought I had your vote. What do you do? My, your lion guy, you won. 
And oh, by the way, I'm with both you guys. I don't think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. And oh, I take grief for that when I do shows in New York. That's for damn sure. But uh, Clark, we always love when we have you on because you can talk not only history, but uh, 2023 as well. We'll certainly be getting you on plenty during the year. Give us uh, the latest uh, latest podcast to drop. Where can people get your uh, podcast? Oh, sure. It's it's called the iTest for Two, iTestfor2.com. Um, and it's with Ira Kaufman, who's a Tampa Bay Hall of Fame voter. And oh, what we, we do is we, we actually. Yeah. We love Ira. And we have uh, we di- we dissected yesterday. We dissected this a group of sixty semifinalists who we liked, who we didn't. So if you want to listen to it, it's itestfortwo.com. And thanks so much, guys. It's always, always, always a pleasure to be on with you guys. Thanks, Clark. Clark. Uh, our pleasure. Thank you very much, and we will get you back again. Yeah. Clark Judge from uh, Talk of Fame and the Eye to Eye Podcast. People got to put up with my history questions, Jody, because I love that crap. Yeah, uh, so do I. Guys uh, like Clark. And, and Clark's as good as there yeah. is to talk about NFL history. All right, we'll come back. This show's almost history. You know what we got to do? Put a bow on the show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare.
Mac and Mac guys, got to put a bow on the show here on Birds 365. Uh, thank Clark Judge and Scott Grace. Nice bounce between the two. Uh, old school history, but yet the 49er touch. And he did. Uh, I was going to kill him for uh, not giving Brock Purdy his props. But then he circled back around before I could get my question in. And he did give Purdy his props. So uh, the number one game this year. Sorry, Cowboy fans out there. Eagles 49ers is as of today, we got to It'll happen in season. Shoot. Maybe one of the teams blows a tire and isn't all that good by the time we get to, I think it's game 12 and week 13, but today put it on paper better than chiefs bills or chiefs Bengals or whatever. The number one game is the line. You know, the, the whole 49ers thing. I don't, to me, that's the easiest loss to get over. Ever. Um, you never want to lose in the NFC championship game, but you have a built-in excuse. Well, we didn't have a quarterback, you know, we, we couldn't compete. Well, that's what they continue to say. They say if they had the quarterback, but but, they... but but my point is that's easy to get over. They can't get over it. It's like, all right, we had some bad luck, we'll prove it next time. Let's go do it. But it's like uh and I don't have a problem because Dallas Goddard again, Dallas Goddard in between the moon landing said we win 10 out of 10 times on a, on a good field. That's what I want from my players. So I have no problem with, with Debo Samuel saying we right. would have won the game. I have but, no problem with fans it. and certain members of the media. Anytime it comes up, Oh my God, 40 whiners. Why can't they move on? Well, they're asked the question. Yeah, and Debo said enough and walked away, and he got crushed for walking away. So you can't win if you're yeah. a 49er no, you player. Win. You can't win no. because if well, someone well, asks the question, either you answer it and you're a whiner, yeah. or you don't answer it and you're a jerk off. From from Eagles fans' perspective, would you want one of your players saying, "No, we wouldn't have won the Super Bowl if the field was better"? Of course, I mean, why would you want that? Why? Why would? I, why do you expect team – I expect insert name from the Houston Texans to say, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. I mean, that to me is common sense. That's what I want. I don't want, oh, woe is me. We're not going to win. But because of all of this back and forth coverage, fans, talk show hosts, blah, 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 and the fact that I think they're both going to be real good, and I think there is a big separation – there is a bigger separation between the 49ers at number two and whoever you put number three, Cowboys, Lions. I'm a kind of a Seahawks guy. I think they could be the third best team in the NFC. There's a bigger difference between two and three than there is one and two. I think Eagles and 49ers are damn close. If Purdy is healthy and back, that's the best game of the year on paper right now. And we've got months before we got to get to that. We still got a week and change before we got to get to Eagle training camp. Johnny Mac, we got a football Friday tomorrow. You in? Uh, yeah, let's do it. McMullen and McDonald right back here in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football.
We're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.